Amen. I'm blessed to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon. How many of you are blessed this afternoon? God is good. It's always good to be here in Kingsway Church and uh, be able to share with you the Word of God this afternoon. It's a great honor and a privilege to be able to uh, bring it today in our Expand Conference. And I thank God for the opportunity. I never take these opportunities lightly because uh, these uh, messages that we give can either change and send someone to heaven or just let someone go to hell on their own. And we don't want to let that happen. We want to be able to preach the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 14. Uh, verse 22, I want to speak over the subject this afternoon. What if I take the first step? How many are ready to take a step into the next level? Go to the places where you've never gone. Matthew chapter uh, 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him. And the other side, while well, he sent the crowd away. And after he sent the crowd away, he went up to the mountain. By himself to pray. And it was in the evening that he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land. Battered by the waves and the wind and the contr contrary winds. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking in the sea. When the disciples saw him walking in the sea they were terrified and they said it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the waters. And he did, and he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, and he came towards Jesus. Lord, I come before you this afternoon, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, God, for you allowing us to come today, God, to hear what you have for us to hear, God. That, God, the words you put in my mouth would be echoes of Calvary throughout our lives from this day forward. God, that as I speak your word, God, would be that which you have for us, not that which I have put together. In your blessed name we pray. And the church of God says, amen, amen. You may, be sitting, you may sit down for a few moments. For a few moments, as I mentioned, I want to speak over the subject, what if I take the first step? If you take the word what and if, there are two words, if you separate them, they are really words that don't threaten you. They're words that don't cause you to think differently. They're just a what and then an if. But when you get both of them side by side, they become a phrase that can either change your life or curse your life. When you get a what and you connect it with an if, you can either do it by the flesh and say, what if I don't succeed? What if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't plan the way I planned it? What if if they don't come? What if if no one helps? And it begins to ruin the way you think and you try to do it. Later on, it will affect your plans. But if you have a spirit, what if? You know, the spirit of God comes over your life and, and you add the what and the if. Now it's a what if I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And when you connect those two words together, it will threaten the devil every day of his life. Because someone has stepped up and has had the audacity to stand in the name of Jesus and declare a what if in his life. Now for a few moments I want to speak about the life of Peter. 
Peter, as we know him, was an aggressive man. He was a man who was quick to anger. He was a man who would react quickly. Sometimes he would do it without thinking. He was a man who was outspoken and not afraid. He would act first, and then he would talk later many times. We know him as a man who denied Christ three times. We, we know him how he, he wanted to take things in his own hands. And we see all these things about Peter. But one of the things that I hope to be able to show you tonight is that he took one day an if only and he turned it into a what if. And I don't know if you've ever had an if only in your life, but today I hope I can show you the difference between a what if of God and an if only and what God can do if we use the correct words or the correct phrases in our lives. Peter was a man that God was going to show him and demonstrate something to him. But when we start reading these verses, it starts off with them entering on the ship. And as they're on the ship, they're, they're excited with what God is doing. But something occurs in the middle of this uh, story. And as we all know, there was a great storm that came and it started to rock the boat. How many of you has life ever rocked your boat where everything looked like it's going okay and all of us? sudden you get knocked over, tipped over, and it seems like you can't figure it out. Peter was minding his own business with his buddies, and they were having a great time, but on this particular hour, on this particular early morning, a storm rose up. One of the things about storms is you're never sure when they're coming. You can plan, but you really don't know the exact moment when they're going to strike. How many of you have ever listened to the reporters and the reporters say, oh man, it's going to rain and there's sun all day long. And then you put up your umbrella and it pours like crazy. Why? Because storms, we never know when they're coming. And in life, we will always encounter storms. In ministry, we will always encounter storms. And there are some things that we need to understand about a storm. We cannot determine the force of it until it passes by. In other words, we don't know what's going to happen until it does what it planned to do. And sometimes in life, we are encountered with storms and we don't know how bad it's going to get. But it'll come and rock your life in ways you never could. One thing about storms that if it's coming, you can't stop it. It's a storm that's coming with its force and its power. Unless you're God, you cannot stop a storm. Sometimes in life we wonder and we, we, we blame why God? Why does this have to happen? Why do I have to go through what I go through or face what I face? Why do I have to encounter all these things? Why couldn't you just take me around? Why couldn't you just take me through and then take me through the other way? But why does the storm have to come? Why can't you stop it? But one of the things that I've learned about God, that in the middle of the storm, he still can show up and show you what he can do. That in the middle of the storm, he starts to give you school up in your storm see that the problem is that sometimes we want it easy we want it we want it to where everything falls in place but I'm gonna tell you something it doesn't work that easy I hear people talking about how they want to be pastors great but you better know what you're getting into it's not easy you know as a pastor I'm a father and it's hard enough dealing with my family's issues but when I got to deal with everybody else's they're not even my kids. See, my kids, I can grab them by the ear and walk them out the room. Somebody else's, I just got, in the name of Jesus, come on, calm him down. 
We got issues we got to deal with apart from ours. It's not easy. In ministry, if you start in ministry, I know people who always constantly say, I want to do something for God. You better know what you're getting into because the moment you start working for God, storms are starting to brew. But the good thing is that in the middle of your storm, God still can sit down and show you some stuff. And that's what God is going to show Peter. He's going to show him some things. Peter, I know you're going through a storm, but I'm going to show you something tonight. I don't know what storm you're encountering. Maybe it's not planned out the way you want it to. But tonight, be for sure that if you are in a storm, take notes because God's going to show you what to do when you face a storm. Other thing about a storm, that a storm is very dangerous. If you're not careful, it can do things to your life. How many remember Hurricane uh, Harvey? For those of you who went to work in Rockport or you went to help out in those areas, you know what a storm can do. I mean, we went in one of the churches and we went to help. I mean, everything was ripped apart, shredded. The trailer looked like they opened it like a sardine can, just pulled it back. Storms are dangerous. People have died in storms. You got to be careful. And the same way storms are dangerous in our spiritual walk. There are three things you have to be careful with a storm if you are a believer or a child of God. Number one, you have to be careful because storms distort your vision. How many have ever been in a rainstorm and you can't see very clear? I've heard people say, man, it was raining so hard, I couldn't even see the, hood, the edge of my hood. It was so bad. It distorts your vision. Storms will come and it makes it hard for you to see. We were in just in Arizona a few weeks ago and the, well, the president that we were talking together, he says, Pastor, one day I was in a sandstorm because there's a lot of sand here. And one day it hadn't rained for months and the sandstorm came. We were on the interstate. He says, Pastor, it got so hard you couldn't even see past your windshield. He said when the dust settled, there was about a 25-car pileup because the vision got distorted. They couldn't see where they were go going. And sometimes in life, you're going to face a storm. But you have to be careful to keep your focus on what it needs to be because if not, your vision will become distorted. The Bible says that when they were in the middle of the storm, someone came walking to them. The Bible says clearly it was Jesus. But remember, sitting in the disciples' shoes, they're in the middle of the storm. Their life is getting rocked and knocked over left and right. And they can't see past wherever they're at. I'm telling you, it's not easy. And all of a sudden, you see this shadow coming. The Bible says they saw it as a ghost. How, how messed up must you be to confuse the Son of God with a ghost? That means your vision has gotten distorted. That's why some people preach and they don't remember why they started preaching. Other people teach, but they don't remember why they started to teach. It became a burden. Let me tell you something. If your ministry has become a burden, then it's no longer God's ministry. It's yours because if it's the ministry of God, it's never going to be a burden. Vision will, will be blurry if you're not careful. And these guys began to lose their minds. How many of you who are in ministry have ever had one of those days where you just don't feel like talking to anybody about God? You're just like, oh, man. I don't know if I can do another day. I remember years ago, uh, 
I was going through a rough day and someone calls this pastor, I need prayer. My reaction was, oh, man. Didn't feel like praying. I was going through some stuff. And I said, in my eyes, I'm going to pass the phone over to my wife and she's going to pray. My wife's like, what you doing? What you doing? You just pray. I don't feel like it right now. We get, our vision gets blurry. We forget what we're doing. Let me tell you something. If you think that you're joining the ministry and you're going to have it easy, you're wrong. If you join the ministry and you wonder why there's so many troubles and it surprises you, quit being surprised. James said, when you face various trials, be vigilant, be excited, be blessed. It's to be expected. It's amazing that the majority of these disciples were all fishermen. They knew how to handle the storm. I can't figure out why Christians, when they're out in the world, minding the, with their business before they get saved, they're the toughest people you've ever seen. But when they come to church, they're the biggest crybabies, the biggest complainers, the biggest whiners. Why can't they be mighty in Christ? Fishermen that should know how to handle water. But when you start to forget what you're doing, the storm has been so overwhelming, it begins to distort your vision. You begin to see things that aren't really there. See, when you get saved and God uses you and you're moving under the Spirit of God, you see things that aren't there, but as if they were going to be there. But when we're walking and our vision is distorted, now we see things that really ain't there. We, 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 we think we hear from God, but we're not. We think that God spoke to us, but he didn't. Because our vision is so, cl- is so cluttered, it's so blurry, and we're no longer focused on God. Second thing that a storm does, it plays tricks with your mind. You start to think things you shouldn't. I'll tell you what, if you're a pastor, you better make sure your mind is straight on. Because sometimes you can think some things about your members. Sometimes you can think about people in different ways when you're parked in the car and the one in front of you don't move. You start to think that God can't provide anymore. I heard one guy say, if God was going to do it already, he would have already done it. It starts to play tricks with your mind. It starts to make you think that he can't and he's not able. Last time I checked, he is still able and willing. The Bible said that that which he started in you, he is faithful to complete it until the day that he returns. But a storm not only blurs your vision, but it clutters your mind. How many of you have ever been stressed out? You can't think straight. I mean, every time I got stuff going on in my mind and so many things are happening, that one time I was driving and I stopped on a green light. One of the brothers from the church says, Pastor, the light is green. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, took, I was thinking it was a stop sign or something. I don't know what it was. Mine wasn't where it should have been. How many of you ladies ever get up in the morning and your mind isn't where it should and you got two different pair of shoes on? A red one and a blue one. We get distorted. Our minds get distracted. We're no longer being led by God, but now we're being led by the flesh. I'm going to tell you, you some of you have already heard this before, but there was one day when when our church was down to just a handful of people, just me and my kids, and there was this little uh, young uh, older lady that came to church that day, that night, on the Wednesday night, and and my mind was thinking, you know what, there's nobody here. I might as well just hang up and pray and send everybody home. Everybody home was my family. I mean, if we're going to be in church, why do we have to be by ourselves? Let's just go home. 
I'll just make a prayer and we'll go. Because that's what I was thinking. And when I was getting ready to go up and announce it, the Lord says, don't tell me your family isn't worth you preaching the word of God. He said, they're still my children. They still need to hear the word of God. I'm glad that when my mind sometimes isn't set straight, God shows up and straightens me out. That's why we go by what he says. He says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not yours. I started to preach. I started, I don't even remember what I preached. I just remember it was out of Psalms, and that's it. That's all I can remember. But the one thing I do remember that after I preached the message, we turn off the lights, I'm getting ready to go outside the door, and my oldest comes. He was about 10 years old. He comes and says, Daddy, last night while you were preaching, I mean, he goes, tonight while you were preaching, I said, yes, son. I, I, I was thinking he probably, not gonna, he probably didn't like it. He probably thought it was boring. He probably thought this or that. He said, last, this night when you were preaching, Dad, I felt the call into the ministry. I felt God say he wanted me to start to get ready to preach. And I'm going to tell you, eight years have gone by, and I've been blown away by what God is doing in his life. What if I wouldn't have done what God said? What if I would have just made a prayer and left? Maybe he would have never got the calling from the ministry. But that night God saw a what if moment. He said, what if you preach to your children? Look at what I'll do. I don't know what you need in your life. But don't let the storm clutter your mind. Last night we were one at one. He had a he. They had their premiere. He he joined the the movie club there in the school, and they premiered it. And they were doing some bloopers and stuff. And and they come up. He goes up to one of his teachers, and and the teacher knows him and calls him like this. He says, "Look, I'm standing here." He was standing next to my son. He says, "I'm standing here with preacher man." He's in high school about to graduate, and they know him as preacher man. What better way do I want for my son to be known? He's not known as a drug addict, an alcoholic. He's not known as a bad mother. He's known as a preacher man. What if you don't let the storms clutter your mind? One more thing the storm does. It, cre it creates a disillusionment. The word disillusionment basically means it's a feeling of disappointment that resulted from the discovery that something isn't as good as you thought it might be. Think about the disciples. Let's, 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 let's backtrack a little bit. There, we know we started off in the storm. And, 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 and we saw the three things, it's the two things storm does. But the third thing it does it starts, and it's the very last effect that happens, but I want, you to, I want you to see what they went through to get here. See, the evening didn't start on the boat. The evening started in the desert. They were there, and Jesus had been teaching all day long. What I like about this part in Scripture was that he took an if only, and he made a what if in the middle of the desert. See, when they were sitting there and Jesus had been preaching, somebody comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, I think we better send them home so they can go buy food on their own and feed their families. How many of us sometimes are in a hurry to get home to go sit down and watch some TV? Go sit down and see what's going on on Facebook. Go sit down and see what we can do or what we can eat. Hurry up because all the good restaurants close. What would happen if we wouldn't be such in a hurry with God and we would let God do what he wants, what he could do in our lives? 
They're sitting there and they come to Jesus and they say, we got to send them away. And one of the disciples comes and says, we got to send them. We got to send them. I mean, how many of you in leadership ever have those people that they just, they just quit to quit? Too quick to quit. Ah, if it was going to happen, it would happen. Let's just give it up. Let's just throw it. Let's just send them away. And Jesus said, no. Let's feed them. This is, this is where, where the, one of the disciples comes and he uses an if only. He says, Master, all we have is these five pieces of bread and two fish. If we could do something with it, we would. But there's only over 5,000. Let me tell you something. An if only basically says it's over. It didn't happen. It's not going to take place. We lost our opportunity. An if only means you've given up and you walked away. I said, Master, if only we had more fish. And this is where Jesus takes that if only and makes it a what if. He says, bring them to me. And he, the Bible says that he grabs the bread and the fish. And he looks to heaven. And he blesses the bread. And he breaks it. And he gives it away. Because this is what Jesus thought. He said, what if I take these five loaves of bread? What if I take these four few fish? And what if I call on him? What could happen if we would just trust God? It's over. We're not going to be able to do it. I don't know what we're going to do. One of the things about a storm that they begin to cause delusions in your life, one of the things that we do, we over-exaggerate. How many of you have ever over-exaggerated? How many know people who over-exaggerate? My, my dad used to be like, no es tanto. When I first got married and we were going through some stuff like that, I don't know what I'm going to do. Nobody ever told me marriage was this hard. I don't know if I'm going to make it. You want me to preach and, and you want me to do this in the church. I don't know. And he says, mijo, no es pa tanto. It's not a big deal, son. We start panicking. And these disciples are panicking. And they're saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. But when God gets him, he breaks him. And the Bible says that he takes the bread and he hands it out. He takes the fish and he hands it out. And everybody's eating. And the Bible says there were over 12 baskets left full of food. So, God took them from an if only to a what if. And on the way to the boat, what do you think these guys were talking about? The Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine. How, how many of you remember seeing that touchdown that happened by the Eagles, by the quarterback catching the pass? They say it over and over again. How many of you ever seen something cool happen? What do you do after you see it? You talk, you talk, you talk. You see something that's interesting in Facebook. Everybody posts it. Everybody's seeing it. So these guys, I can imagine they're walking and they're like, man, did you see that little boy? He was hungry. But when we pulled out that fish, to just there was nothing in the basket when I took out the last one. But when I came back to get the next one, there was one there. And did you see when I got to the bread, there was no more in the basket. But when I stuck my hand back in there, there was another loaf. And I started to feed. They started to just talk about God. Oh, God is good. And they started to do all the tongue talking and, and devil stomping and woo and getting all excited about God. Has that ever happened to you in church? Don't sound like it. You get on the car and you're like, wow, babe, today's service was off the chain. God moved and he broke every chain. He made all the stuff possible. Woo! 
Okay, I, I don't know if you've had those moments, but I have. I go to church and I leave surprised. Whoa, I didn't know it was going to get good. Last night was good. Oh, but today got better. And these disciples are walking around bragging about their Jesus. Excited. They get on the boat and, and they just kick it back and probably eating some of that leftover bread. Peter's probably saying, if only I had some butter. And they're there just having a good time, just enjoying it. When all of a sudden, a storm came. And they went from a what if to an if only. They began to think about, well, maybe the move of God wasn't as good as we thought it was. Maybe it was just a one-time thing like the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe it didn't work out like we thought it was. And, and I went to church and I did the praying, but, but look at me now. Look at, I'm in a storm. I'm going to tell you something. Life isn't always easy. There's not always going to be a shout in the praise on the mountaintop. Sometimes you're going to be brought way down to the bottom. But it doesn't mean he doesn't stop being God in the middle of your valley. You cannot let the storm take away your joy and cause you to begin to complain. Oh, one day we're like, woo! Why me? One day we're like, Pastor, put me to do anything. I'll do it. And then the next day we're like, I think God was wrong. He didn't want me to do anything. We let our storms come and cause disappointment to where we thought, I thought it was going to be easier. I thought it was going to be better. If only I had more time. If only I had a second chance. If only I could be over there. If only I could work in this department. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you got a what if with God, you're going to make things happen. But if not, you'll just have a if only. They went from rejoicing to an if only. If only I would have stayed home. But preacher preached today, oh, if only I would have stayed home, I wouldn't have had to hear this. We're like the Egyptians. You should have left us back home. I know you're trying to give me a steak, Moses, but I was satisfied with garlic and onions. I know you're trying to help me be a better person, Pastor, but I was satisfied with my banditos. Lord, I know you're trying to get me out of my mess, but I'm so used to my mess. Because you see, sometimes in life, you're not going to have it all the way you like. And sometimes you're going to get your order wrong. It drives me crazy when I go place an order and they can't get it right. It's not always going to work out for you. It's not always a happy meal. It's not. I tell you, I'm, a, I'm one of these type of people. I'm going to be honest. I am what I am because I eat what I eat. I'm going to tell you something. If somebody gives me the wrong order, I don't get back and throw it to them or do anything. I'll eat it, but I will not enjoy it. Because if my food, isn't, if my food is mistreated, if it's just thrown on the plate, it's just, it's, just, it's just a disappointment. I'll eat it because that's what I'm going to do, but it wasn't what I wanted. See, and what a lot of us do is that when we don't get what we want, we don't go back. But in God, sometimes you're not going to always get a sunshine when she's gone. Sometimes it's going to be hard, and you're going to have to put up and say, 
hey, God, I'm going to trust you to get me through here. I'm going to have to trust for you to pass me through this storm. It may not be the way you planned it. It may not be the way you wanted it. But don't become disillusioned, because then you'll start to complain. You know why some marriages don't make it after so many years? Because they start to complain. They thought it was going to be better. The man saw this woman singing and he loved her. And they got married the next day. He woke up in the morning to get his glass of water and he had a wig in his hand. Ooh, what's going on? And then he gets the glass and there's dentures in there. Oh my. And then he gets up and I must, I must be dreaming. And he trips over and, and her prosthetic leg was there. Oh my Lord. What did I just get into? He walks into the restroom and he washes his face and, and, and he's like, what happened last night? And some of us, that's how we are. And she gets up and she's monking, no hair, no teeth or anything. And he's like, baby, please just sing to me, baby, please. Please, baby, sing to me. Because sometimes we go for the wrong reasons. When you serve God to serve him and not yourself, you'll never become disillusioned. When storms come your way, you'll tighten your seatbelt and you'll say, God, I'm in it for the long haul. Wherever you take me, I'm going to go. This is, the, this is the thing about storms. If you're not careful, they'll take that what if real quick and make it an if only. How many of you have ever complained with God? We've got a few brave ones. So now you're going to be like, if I've only just raised up my hand, Lord, it would have been past this already. Sometimes we complain because it doesn't work out. It doesn't plan out the way we do. Let me tell you something. I, I, I planned to start a diet and I lost 100 pounds, but it didn't work out. I got it all back. <laughs> now, let me, let, me, let me make something clear. It's okay for me to make fun of myself, okay? You don't, don't do it. It's on if you do, okay? See, sometimes storms will come in your life. They'll distract your vision, mess with your mind, and cause you to think and say, if only I would have just stayed. But aren't you glad that God, his word, creates things? When he speaks, things become. There was no universe, there was no stars, there was no planet, there was nothing that we see today. But the Bible says that when he spoke by the power of his word, his word creates things. It makes things happen that weren't there. There was no trees and he put trees. There, there was no water and he put water. It creates stuff. When he speaks it out, things begin to happen just like he prayed for the bread and he blessed it. It creates the things that he wants to come to pass. And the first thing it creates, it creates courage. These guys are out of their mind. They're afraid. They're scared. They're not sure what's going to happen. And the Bible says that when they see him and they get scared, he says, be of good courage. Be courageous. He, he makes something happen. The word courageous in the Hebrew means stand up straight. Don't slouch. 
straighten up. A lot of us come to church slouched. We're hunchback because all we do is look down. But God says, straighten up. Be of courage. You may be in a storm, but be of courage. <coughs> Stand up. I'm going to tell you, you're going to face a storm in your life. You better have courage. Years ago, we went to a town when we were younger in California. <coughs> and we went to Six Flags Magic Mountain. And we love roller coasters. But when we got to Six Flags Magic Mountain, there was a roller coaster with eight loops. And we looked at each other, me and my brother Josh and my Uncle Danny, we're like, we can do this. And every time we get the longest, the line is too long, we're like, oh, not today. Not today. And then one day we were passing on one of the evenings that we were going about to leave, and there was nobody there, so we took off in a hurry. And we're encouraging each other. Oh, man, we're going to get on it and this and that and, and all this. And we're all pumped up and we're encouraging each other. And when we get to the line, there's nobody there. We're like, maybe I'm not tall enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe the car seat ain't going to fit. But they went, oh, no, man, we, we, we said we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And we start walking up, and, you know, our legs are shaking and everything, and we're getting there. And right when we get to the front line, we're all scared and everything. And the, the lady says, sure, we're sorry, but the ride is closed. And we're like, oh, man, we really wanted to ride this ride. We waited all this time. See, courage doesn't come when things go away. Courage comes in the middle of the storm. But it comes because it's created by the word of God. That when he says be courageous, that means you get up and you're not afraid. When he said for the blind man to see, he could see. The one that was paralyzed got up because when he speaks, he causes things to happen. Second thing that he creates, he created a what if in Peter's life. Peter says, all right, the rest of you disciples are a bunch of wimps. I'm the toughest one here. If it's really you, Jesus, tell me to get off the boat. Some people criticize Peter for doing that. Some people say he was a coward. He didn't have enough faith to do it. Now, I understand that there's some things that we got to do by faith. Like, it's raining outside. I don't know if I should go to church. You go to church by faith anyways. You don't need God to come and tell you to. But there come some things in life where your faith believes in it, but you want the confirmation from God. See, there's some things that I want that are so big that God is asking me to do, and I can't do them just to do them. I have to wait for him to do it. So in other words, this is Peter's what if. He's like, God, what if? You ask me to go to you. What if you ask me to take the first step? You see, what Peter's doing, he's putting it this way. See, I'd rather do it with a what if that has the authority of God than a what if from the flesh that just does it to do it. Because if God said it, then I believe it, and that settles it. If God spoke it, it happened. If God called me, I'll go. He's like, God, if it's you, ask me to go. See, because Peter couldn't really see 
what he could see out there. He wasn't really sure if it was Jesus, but he knew what he sounded like. He knew the word of God. And aren't you glad that, man, there's times when you can't see where you're going because the storm is bad. There's time where the devil is crushing your mind. There's time where he's coming and whispering in your back. But all of a sudden, God shows up and he speaks into your life. And he says, get up. He says, move. He says, step out. What if God asks you to take the first step? What would you do tonight if he said, step out of your seat? See, I'll take the first step. And sometimes the first step to do is the hardest. But when you have the authority of God, it doesn't matter. See, years ago, some of you young ones might not know Indiana Jones. But Indiana Jones, on one of his movies... His dad had just got shot, and he was going. He was going to get the cup that belonged to Jesus. And I know it's a movie and all that. I don't don't say Pastor Billy's movies and things like that. But there was a scene where he got to the edge, and there was nothing there. The, the, there was a, just a drop, and and he couldn't get to the other side. He needed to hurry up, or his dad was gonna die. But he remembers what his dad said. He says, "Just take a leap of faith. Just take one step. Just take the first step." And as he began to walk the footpath was beginning to get there what would happen if you would just step out tonight and say God I'm gonna trust you God I know they're messed up but they're gonna change them what if you'd step out right now see because he's sitting in the boat and he's afraid and he's scared but when Jesus speaks courage comes See, the thing about a storm is it can't outpower the voice of God. You want to know why sometimes my mama never gave up on me? Because she gave me to Jesus. <laughs> and she knew that if I gave him to Jesus, Jesus would take care of him. Because Jesus never loses anything that belongs to him. I don't know if you know this, but I'm God's what if on this earth. You're God's what if if you were to just let God do what he wants to do in your life. What if? See, but this is the problem. That you have an if only mentality. And we have some leaders who only go by an if only mentality. I am the men's president of the Men United for Christ and I called all the pastors last year to invite them to come personally to the church, to the retreat and uh, I'm doing that again this year and I remember I called one particular pastor I said, pastor we want to invite you personally to the men's retreat and he says, well we don't really have a men's ministry it's just two of us or three of us and we really don't have men so we're not going to go. And I was like, excuse me, sir, but aren't you a man? Aren't the men in your church men? See, and if only things, it's just three. Well, the Bible says if you only have two or three gathered in his name, he's there. See, the if only always, I don't have enough. I don't know how we're going to make it. There's not enough people. We're not in the right location. We're not in the right place. We don't have enough. So, when an if only looks at an apple, all he sees is what? An apple. 
Okay, all you can do is eat it. Put a little bit of salt or lucas on there. You can either eat it without the skin or eat it with the skin. That's an if-only mentality. But a what-if mentality is like this. What if I boil one cup of brown sugar, butter, and a light corn syrup? I've got myself apple popcorn balls. What if I get a simmered cup of water and I put a three teaspoons of sugar and a pinch of salt with a little bit covered? What I get is applesauce when I grind it up real good. What if if I were to take some melted cherry and I dip in this apple, I've got myself a candy apple. What if I get some baked chicken and I shred up the, the apple and I boil it and bring it up to a steam and I make a broth over it. I got myself a chicken souffle. I'm telling you today, if you would just get an apple and say, what if? I watch a lot of cooking shows. People always say, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I'm like, you're an if-only person. Because if you get some lemons and you take off the skin and scrub it real good, you can make a lemon meringue pie. If you take some lemon and you get the lemon juice, you can put it over some church's chicken. And mm, good. And there's other things you can do with your lemon. If you take some bananas, well, only George, curious George, eats bananas. No. You get bananas, and I'm not going to give you the full recipe, but you chop it up real good. You get some eggs and some flour and some salt and some sugar, and then you put the secret stuff in it. You've got some of the most moist banana bread you've ever had. People ask me why it comes out so good, because I met a man. His name was Jesus, and he said, what if you add some of this, and what if you add some of that? people come and ask me, Pastor, how come you don't give your banana bread recipe away? Because he didn't give it to you. <laughs> I've gone to other churches and pastors have come and they've asked for the recipe. I give them a recipe. But not the the. What if? It's just a tree and if only says all you can do is hang a swing on there and go back and forth, but you might break your neck. We were in Peru. We were serving everyone that was there. And to us, a tree is a tree. But to them, they're like, what if we cut down this tree and we build a church? Okay, pretty good idea. One day they're serving the meal. We're about three days into the jungle. There's no Walmart or H-E-B nearby. And the spoon breaks. And one of the guys who is there, a young guy, he stays looking around. And he's looking at the trees. And I said, what is this guy looking at? All I see is trees. He walked up, broke a branch, pulled out a knife, started skinning the tree, started carving it. When he was done, it was a wooden spoon. What if what God gives you? 
you can make something far greater than you've ever imagined. And what he's giving you is the first step. Take the first step tonight and God will take the rest. All you got to do is step in and God will take care of the rest. All you got to do is believe that if I walk out of this, God's going to get me through this. If I go through the storm, he's going to carry me through the storm. What if I just take my first step? You show a tree to God. He had Noah build an ark. You show a tree to God. He had Moses build the ark of the covenant with wood. You show a tree to God. He had the Roman soldiers build a cross for his son. This world was falling. It was going down in shambles. See, when Peter grabbed the knife and he cut the soldier's ear off, he was trying to help God. He was trying to take care of Jesus. But Jesus picked up the ear. And he says, what if it's my father's will to hang on the tree? Peter, I know you want to help me, but... What if he wants me to die? When he gets hung on the tree, God's biggest what if was what if I let my son die for the sins of the world? People just saw a tree. Others just saw a rabbi. Some just saw a good person. But God saw the Savior of the world. And as he hung on that tree, and he said, it is finished. Peter's what if in the boat was a reminder that if I take the first step, there is nothing that I cannot do. The reason I say it's a reminder because after he denied Christ three times, Peter said, I messed up. I didn't do right. I, I, I did what I wasn't supposed to. But when Jesus came, he said, Peter, do you love me? This is what he was hearing. What if I get a second chance? You know I do. Peter, do you love me? I get a third chance. Peter, do you love me? And then Jesus says, go and feed my sheep. A man who was in the boat afraid after Jesus created courage in his life and by the God's biggest what if hung on the tree allowed all authority that was in heaven and is on this earth to now be with us. And if we have the very same power that was at work in Jesus, what if we take the first step tonight? Maybe for some of you, your first step is to walk away from your addiction. For some of you, it's to walk away from your fear. 
To some of you, it's to walk away from your relationships. To some of you, it's to walk away into the newness of God. To some of you, it's to take a step of faith and to say, God, you have put this calling in me. I'm going to take a second step. And God, if you brought me through the second one, what if I take a third step? You see, if you never take the first step, you'll always be in the same place the rest of your life. If you never ask, the answer will always be no. I read a quote the other day that says, even if you fall on your face, you're still moving forward. Sometimes in your life, you're going to slip. Sometimes you're going to fall. Sometimes you're going to trip. But as long as it's always going forward, God will come and pick you up and say, well done. Let's take another step. Let's try it one more time. Maybe it didn't work out yesterday, but it'll work out tomorrow. What if? What if this apple was not just an apple? <laughs> Years ago, in 2008, I was sitting in the office with my brother Isaac in our president's office, Brother Longoria, and he was about to launch off Bethel for the very first time. I said, Bro, I'm thinking about sending my wife so she can go. We had just become pastors. We'd been pastors for four months or three. I don't remember. I said, I want her to go because my reading isn't good. I can't spell right. I, just, I, just, I haven't been in school for so long. But if I send her, she can help me along the way. He turns around and he looks at me. And he says, what if you come, bro? He didn't just see someone who couldn't spell. He didn't just see someone who couldn't read right. He saw someone graduating second in his class. He saw someone teaching in Bethel now. He saw someone going for his master's degree. I'm going to tell you, God doesn't just see you. He sees a what if in your life. What if? You leave your fears behind. And you let God do all the many things he can do with an apple. Do much greater with you. Tonight. If there's anyone here tonight. You feel an urge. Some of you perhaps. You've already felt like throwing in the towel. Some of you are like I don't know if I can make it another year. I know God called me to. But it just feels like I can't. Because there's storms in the ministry. If it would have God is saying, what if you give me one more day? Give me one more month. If there's anyone here today who feels the what if to take the first step, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. I don't know if it's the first step in your ministry, the first step to your next level, the first step to your next calling, your first step to your next understanding. I don't know what it is. But if you have a what if, look, you may not take giant steps. Maybe it's just a tippy toe. I'd rather tippy toe all the way to my first step than to stay put going nowhere. 
And tonight, if you want to tell the devil, devil, I'm more than just an apple. What if I take the first step tonight and give all of my life to God? What if I fall on my face tonight and give God all my worries? What if I give God all my time tonight? He'll straighten me out for the morning. What if I come and he'll give me direction for tomorrow? What if I leave my seat and God make a way where there is no way? What if I walk out in my sickness but I leave it behind when I leave this place? What if I get up and I go to the altar and I take my first step? Oh, what God could do. Don't let the storm turn your what if into an if only. Don't go from if only I would have taken a step of faith. If only I would have taken the first step. If only I would have believed in God, I would have never made it. I, I, I guess some of you don't want to take a step forward. I guess some of you are satisfied where your ministry is at. I don't know about you. I'm not satisfied. There's more. God's got more. We, 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 we in the men's ministry have been praying for 300 men in our first level. And last year we got 262. I'm not satisfied. I want more. I want more in Jesus. And if it means i got to take a first step of faith, I'm going to do it. I don't know what you need tonight. But God said, if only you take your first step. If only you'd step out. The world's world changers are not those who stay put. It's those who step out on an if only. If only God, pastor, put me here, I'll do it with all I've got. If only all I do is clean the church, I'm going to clean it so good so that when somebody walks in down those floors, they're going to see themselves and they're going to know they need God. If only, if only I leave my yesterday behind. If only I take my first step into what God is calling me. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for what you've given me. But I want more. I want more. Call me off the boat. I'll go into the water. I'd rather be with you than be in this sinking boat. Call me, Lord. I'll do it. Whatever, just put me anywhere. If only you would call. Come on, church. If only you'd let go tonight. God didn't put you where he put you so you could stay put. He's brought you this far, but you're not going to stay this far. You got to press on. You got to move forward. I've got five men in my men's ministry. I'm believing for more. I've got five people in my small group. I'm believing for more. I've got five kids I'm helping. I'm believing for more. If only God, I'll take the first step. Is there anyone who dares take a first step tonight? <laughs>